लेट नाइट कॉन्वर्सेशन सोशल कॉन्वर्सेशन We are joined by research associate from the University of Stellenbosch, Roy Haveman, who is going to be helping us uh, look at this debacle called <sighs> funding for ESCOM. And I sigh, A-teamers, because in my area, I ha- we have been blessed with darkness. <laughs> uh, I need to sound optimistic here. Uh, they, they, there was a power outage, a load shedding, as we call it, on Saturday. And during that time, then the thieves decided to do their own thing. You know, cable theft and then the substation or... Uh, blew up and oh, went into flames. And since Saturday evening, we have had no power. Thank goodness uh, for gas stoves, because at least I can still cook in warm water, so I can bath. But I, 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 it's been tough. So I'm hoping that our guest Roy um, understands uh, the, the the pain of being a South African the way I do right now. Roy, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much and good evening. I'm sitting here in the dark. We also have load shedding. Oh, goodness me. So this is the cup of tea that we have been given to drink. It's a very bitter cup. Uh, as South Africans, we still forge forward in hope. But uh, the, the big question is, will this bail out that uh, uh, finance minister in Okodongwana is uh, going to uh, assist ESCOM um, with help in any way? I think it will. I mean, I think Eskom has got three big problems. Uh, well, many problems, but I think you can bunch them into three. Um, the one is that they've got too much debt. Uh, the second one is that they've got operational pro- problems, as we know. And then the third problem is that they aren't structured correctly. Um, so the bailout will help a bit in terms of the debt that Eskom has. But I think the more important thing is that we have to move to a new world where uh, we restructure ESCOM completely and we can get uh, more generation onto the grid. And I don't think the bailout will help that part of it. Um, I think it will only help the debt part. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of debt that uh, ESCOM has. Will this bailout be able to sort out the debt and then also get us a bit of power going there? Or is it just for the debt? I think it's just for the debt. Um, I, you know, ESCOM has about $400 billion in debt, and this will take over about $254 billion of that debt. But what we really need to do is we need to get a new power generation into um, ESCOM or into the system. And how we need to do that is we need to make it uh, quicker and easier for new power um, generation companies, IPP, independent power generation companies, uh, to come onto the grid. And uh, we need to do to do get there. Um, you know, we can follow the model of what has happened in other countries. I think. Over 100 com- countries have reorganized the electricity market to build a system where um, you have a central buyer of electricity. Uh, and that central buyer of electricity buys electricity from these um, power companies and then distributes it to its customers. And I think that's what we should rather be using the $254 billion to try and achieve. <laughs> All right. It's, it sounds like a, a great way to move forward. What are the possibilities of getting other power utilities into South Africa um, for them to start generating power. Is ESCOM open to this? Is our government uh, lenient enough or is there a lot of red tape? 
No, I think we're definitely open to it. It's been actually government policy since 1998, and uh, Department of Public Enterprises uh, put out a roadmap four years ago in 2019, um, and it was announced in the State of the Nation four years ago, but there's been quite a few delays to the process. Um, the process is moving forward, though. Um, this year, a new national transmission company was created uh, and was given a license by NERSA, but... Um, in a way, the load shedding has, has delayed everything because I think people are, are trying to get to the power stations to work. So we're focusing very much on the short-term problem, but what we should rather be doing is focusing on the long-term problem, um, which is to get a, a new system where we can get um, independent power producers to add to the grid. Um, we did make quite a lot of progress with that through something called the Renewable um, IPPs, uh, which was a a program to um, get uh, renewable energy generators to be added to the grid, and we added about six gigawatts of power, which, um, because of the way renewables often work, that means we get about a consistent supply of about two gigawatts. Um, but that program stopped, and we kind of need to get that program reworking again. Um, and then the other thing that we have to do is we have to upgrade the grid because. Um, of the way electricity moves around the country, um, a lot of the new power could be generated in the west of the country, and a lot of the power is obviously needed in, in Hakeng, and so we also have to uh, invest in the grid. So it's it's possible, but it just needs to be accelerated. <clears throat> now, in other countries, maybe can can you tell us what has happened in in the likes of uh, countries like Colombia and Greece? Uh, who have also, you know, been in a situation similar to ours and needed uh, to bring in, you know, additional assistance. Uh, what has happened there? Because, the, you know, it's always good to learn from uh, other people's experiences. Yeah, so when you mentioned Colombia, a very good example. So what happened is a lot of their power was generated by hydroelectric power, so they used um water to drive turbines to generate power, and then they had a very significant drought. And what that meant is, is then the ability for them to generate power um, declined quite quickly, and they were stuck with essentially the same as us, with load shedding, because of the way that the electricity were generated through water, because the drought disappeared. And so then what they did is very similar to you know, what I think we should be doing, which is then they reorganized their market, uh, and they stopped their reliance on one single source of electricity, which was the hydroelectric, and they opened up the market and created a, a, a independent or, or central buyer of electricity um, um, to take it forward. A similar thing happened in China, where they what happened to them is that um, they started growing much faster than they had originally expected. Um, the Asian financial crisis hit China quite hard, and there was a, a slowdown in in, in the economy, and then and they stopped adding power generation to it. But then when the economy took off again, um, there was a sudden shortage of electricity. <clears throat> so they then also faced load shedding. Um, they actually had to, um, very similar to us, they had to um, um, ration power to different uh, industries. And what they did is they actually separated out the, this huge company called the State Power Corporation into um, two um, companies which did the transmission in the north and the south, and seven generation companies. 
And then over the years since then, they've been allowing more and more people to come in on the generation side. And in actual fact, in the quite short space of time, um, in a, between 2003 and 2006, they added 237,000 megawatts to the Chinese grid. Now, today, Eskom is producing, um, while we've been loading for about 24, 23, 24,000 um, uh, megawatts. So basically what the Chinese were able to do was to build the equivalent of 10 Eskoms uh, in three years, um, just by allowing the market to sort of um, take off and to allow new generation to come on stream. You know, uh, Roy, when I think about what needs to happen, it sounds like there's there's good possibilities. We're learning from um, the the key uh, key learning points from other countries, as you have mentioned. But it seems like it might be quite complex to to be able to to run this, and it might take long. What we need as South Africans is power generation now. Yes, well, if we, um, in terms of now, exactly, we need right at the moment, actually, as, as I said, I'm sitting in the dark and I wish I could find a way of switching on a new electricity source for us. Um, but, uh, you know, if we'd done this two years ago, or five years ago, or ten years ago, we wouldn't have been in the situation at the moment. Um, right now, the things that we can do um, include um, you know, demand management, so what we could do is encourage households uh, to use less electricity throughout the day, and that would reduce the demand on ESCOM in, in total, um, but that won't go far enough to completely get rid of load shedding. Um, what we could also do is um, make it uh, easier for businesses to procure their own electricity, so part of that has, has already been done by the government, where they allowed um, a new limit on um, companies being able to generate their own electricity, like mines, who are huge, um, huge demanders of electricity, and then they can kind of go off the grid and leave uh, electricity for the rest of us, but also to encourage um, households to um, get their own electricity. Like, you know, you know, a lot of people are putting solar panels in and are looking at their own ways of doing that. And there, you know, the lessons from Vietnam are quite useful because what happened there is the government has really strongly encouraged um, homes to put um, solar panels on, which has, you know, reduced the demand for electricity for everybody because the, the homes have been able to do it. One of those things was announced by the minister in the budget. Um, hopefully there will be take up of that. But like you say, you know, we do need to do something right now and we've, we've got very little time. We don't do the reorganization of ESCOM um, as soon as possible, we might be stuck with loading for a number of years still. I'm, I'm going to read some messages from our A-teamers. Um, this one is uh, from Malose Munene, who's in Mokobane in Limpopo, says, Good evening, Sissy Patricia and listeners of SFM. The power utility has uh, been receiving financial aid from government over m- many years, and load shedding has worsened. There is no guarantee that the current bailout from government will scale down the severity of load shedding unless systematic and structural factors affecting the power utility are resolved. No desirable progress will be attained. 
another message says patricia one of my favorite uh, favorites hello to you thank you for calling me a favorite uh, it says uh, these escom guys are oversleeping on duty how come there is electricity in the war-torn ukraine whilst here in south africa we are experiencing blackouts these guys must wake up from their slumber <sighs> And and I understand the frustration of each and every one of these messages. South Africans just, we don't understand why we are facing what we are facing, Roy. Um, and I know that there are engineers who could possibly be part of ESCOM who can bring solutions uh, and and also this implementation of, of what you, you suggest of, you know, multiple companies coming in to give us electricity supply and be competitive in their pricing, this could be a solution. I mean, the tariff for electricity has been approved to go up by NERSA, but South Africans still have no power. Exactly, yeah. I mean, so as you say, the tariff has gone up, which if you were a private company, there's definitely, you'll find customers, I'm sure. Um, The price of electricity now um, that um, the tariff is higher than what companies can produce it at because um, technology for things like solar and wind have come down very quickly. So there will be no shortage of people who want to build new power stations. So we just have to find a way of plugging them in. Um, there is a, a means of doing that, and that's um, technically known as wheeling, where uh, a company can um, be plugged into the grid and then um, you can, um, uh, through your municipality, enter into arrangement and, and purchase power from that um, from that new company. Um, that's also quite a new thing. Um, some um, cities are, f- are more advanced than others in terms of getting that organized, but we do need to push ahead with getting the electricity market reform to work. Um, otherwise, we're going to be sitting in the dark for many, many years. So we've also got the issue of um, the recently exited CEO of ESCOM who's come out to speak about uh, all these issues that have happened within ESCOM. Uh, Does this this put fire under the feet of those who are part of the board on the new uh, electricity minister, on the energy minister? Does it put fire under their feet to act transparently, but also act quickly for us to see a change in this power utility and ensure that South Africa has power so our economy is not uh, dwindling or even crippled because of a lack of power. I hope so. I mean, I think everybody understands how serious the situation is. I mean, I hope that the new electricity minister um, we'll be able to make a difference. I mean, you know, people have said that maybe we've got too many electricity ministers now, but other people have said that maybe we do need someone to coordinate everything. The electricity minister has worked in um, uh, investment field for a while, um, so one hopes he'll be able to do something. Um, also hopes the board realizes how important their job is. Um, they are a critical part of implementing the government's plan to separate out ESCOM into its parts, and they should be driving it. Um, the plan has been designed. Uh, actually, ESCOM has done a lot of their work internally. 
and it now just needs to, um, to be implemented. So I really hope that the, the board and the minister are ready to to push forward on this. I really need it, like you say. Let me read this uh, message from Tepiso Mutlahame, who's in Rustenburg, who says, Patricia and SFM listeners, good evening. Load shedding is going to be with us for good as long as the mafia contractors want to benefit. So they always sabotage Eskom. And I, I know, you know, when it comes to the word sabotage, it sounds harsh. However, we have heard of incidents that the power stations were sabotaged. There was a wrongdoing. Um, uh, 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 Stones disguised as coal were sold to Eskom, while uh, good graded uh, coal was uh, shipped out of the country. So these are the things that South Africans hear, but we don't we don't get confidence or comfort in uh, knowing that this will stop, despite you know the bailout that uh, the finance minister is giving to the power utility. Absolutely. I mean, we all read, you know, the Zondo report and all the uh, findings there, um, you know, the things that happened, particularly with uh, the new coal, with the coal contract, uh, with Together, which seemed very, very serious. And um, I think everybody's um, quite, you know, I think things have been done, but, you know, you do wonder if, um, as, uh, if all the different um, Mafia in the, as you call them, the in the power stations have been dealt with. Um, you know, one reads terrible stories every day in the newspaper in terms of the things that are happening at power stations. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think it's a, a, a quite a big, complex problem to deal with. Um, you do need to move to a new system as soon as possible. I think. Um, you know, if. You know, we can't go on like this where, where people are sort of, um, like you say, giving stones rather than coal to the power stations. We, we need to completely rethink how we, how we do this. Roy, thank you so very much for joining us this evening. Uh, we are hoping that uh, with uh, uh, people like yourselves uh, and uh, taking out articles the way that you have done around such, ESCOM, the energy minister, the electricity minister, and anyone who has power will read and implement such suggestions because we do need a change. Thank you for joining us, Roy. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, I hope the last come on soon again. Excellent.